Welcome back to another episode of It's the End of the World, unless, and this is a super special one, I got a bunch of guests here, we're doing the part two to transphobia and homophobia, uh, of course I had to get queer voices on the episode, I can't speak for their experiences, but their, their voices need to be heard, um, so we'll go around and do our own introductions, I'm Tiana, the host, uh, my pronoun is she, her. I'm skinny. Pronouns is that nigga. Hey. <laughs> I'm Sunny. Pronouns are he, him. I'm Jazz. Pronouns is she, her. Oh, I guess I'm Kevin. Uh, <laughs> pronouns don't really matter to me. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Misty, and pronouns are whatever is going on that day. There you go. All right, so I'm going to pretty much have Kev um, teaching the class today. <laughs> um, take it away, baby. All right, now I'm going to start there then. Uh, I really think the pronouns, because I said they don't really matter to me because they don't, because uh, I don't think I've ever had to like negotiate what people see me as. I think it's like a good point on like that. Of, mm-hmm. like, I'm like cis presenting and... Uh, First and foremost, I guess I don't see being misgendered because it's never been a question that I've had to ask myself as a problem. But how does everybody else feel about their pronouns? Hmm. If someone calls you out of, does it feel like calling you out of your name? Does it feel like calling you like out of your, your own space? Uh, I had so many times in life when my parents would call me a little boy because of what I got to what I wear or my attitude that day or what have you is just but also like, like I feel like there's like a there's like a interesting social. it's a social like convolution of like especially like dark skinned black women and exactly. like mm-hmm. it's like always masculine masculine yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's always so how do you feel about your pronouns or how do you feel about the concept of pronouns and gender as a whole like should we try to use gender gender neutral language i think yeah, until you I know so. the person's, yeah until you know the person's uh pronouns from that person yeah i, I use they them until they correct me or until they say what their pronouns are because like for mm-hmm. me as a trans man and being black pronouns are very important to me because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. i'm always being misgendered mm-hmm. and so i always go into a room or i try to now to go into a room and say i'm trans he him okay but you don't. That'd be I me. said I tried to. I was going to say, <laughs> I'd be the first one. I'm like, no, it's, it's he. It's he. It's mm. him. There's some people out there that's very respectful for it, and some that's just like, they don't see Nasty. it. Nasty. But that's only because you're still technically a baby trans, but once you're fully like transitioned on the outside as well, they're not going to know that you're trans unless you tell them. Like, There's a lot of people that walk this earth that we wouldn't even know that they're a trans woman or trans man unless they tell us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it takes a while to get to that point. Too. I'm thinking, but yeah. even that, because I think yeah. there's like a. It's so, a social construct to even say boy or girl. Yeah, as a, it's, like, it's so social to the to even the idea that I think it, because I don't. I don't like to gender children. I think that's an act of violence. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, that kid doesn't know where, where, what they are at that point. But also, like, I think, like, the connection between, like, transness and medical cr- transition is maybe also an act of violence. Because I think you can be trans without fitting into, like, the binary of male and exactly. female. Because, yes. like, like, you know, allows for all sorts of, like, type of people who are 
within the gender spectrum of gender queer or even completely outside of it, you know? But I, I agree with you, but disagree with you only because it's like, I know a lot of trans people who don't want the surgeries, mm-hmm. but gender dysphoria is still a thing oh, where that for myself, I know like my gender dysphoria right now is all about like my top surgery mm-hmm. and wanting that, wanting to, because I miss gender so much, you know, like I feel like it hurts my gender dysphoria where it's like, if I could walk outside without a shirt on, that's, that's going to be the best feeling ever. And that also will help that misgendering that I, mm-hmm. you know, face. Like right now, it's a thousand degrees outside and I'm, I can walk down the street and see hella cis males walking without their shirt, but I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and yes. That's exactly what I mean. See, but I think I saw something and I think I saw it with you. It was somewhere, it was a bunch of women, I guess they was uh, gay, like they were, they considered themselves like like uh, doms, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they was walking around like with their shirts off, and it was like a movement. Like they just was like, we just gonna do it and see what I happens. Type I mean, shit. like free the I nipple and all that. that stuff, but even like breast tissue, like the way it hangs and sits, is like a gendering thing. It's like a gender confirmation right. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can right. we? But just to clarify for everybody, gender dysphoria is when you see yourself as differently than what you feel. Is that no. correct? No? What's gender dysphoria? Gender dysphoria is more of like, I'm very uncomfortable in my body. Okay. To and begin any type of medical transition, you first need a therapist, psychologist yep. to confirm that the person that you feel inside is different from the person that it's presents outside. Okay. So gender dysphoria is like an assignment of like a mental, it's not an illness, but it is a mental like classification so you can start like medical transitions without it being like cosmetic surgeries or all mm-hmm. these things that like cost a lot more money. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. Proceed. <laughs> um. Yeah, because like I. Because like there's lots of interesting ideas of what like transness is of what. But I guess this is coming from a cis space of saying that like. Gender is performative. Your gender is exactly what you are mm-hmm. in that moment, in that mm-hmm. day. Your gender is, because like in popular culture, we just had a trans man get second place in Drag Race, mm-hmm. but that trans man was on Drag Race just dressing up as a woman, like they're playing, they're doing female drag. That's what goes into sexual, um, your sexual orientation, what you like. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of trans men who are gay. Yeah, mm. it, it's a lot more. That's why I'm saying it's performative because I think it's a lot more amorphous and like the black and white thing we like to like present it as and like it's also like a a very individualistic like story and idea for people yeah everybody's everybody's on the spectrum i feel like like everybody has um and it's really hard to determine what what is considered like masculine and what's considered feminine because it's like those those lines are so thin especially now like maybe you know a lot of people like to use like uh i guess like nature and just the way things were like when we first became human as kind of a justification for um where we put people or how we label people um so a lot of masculine or feminine things are based on i guess uh our primal instincts as far as like we talk about it that's also not true only in that i think that i think you can maybe confirm this or maybe you have very concrete ideas of what masculinity is because you're currently like dealing with them but i think 
because of misogyny, we have very defined pictures and understandings of what femininity is, but not exactly what masculinity is. Masculinity is so much like the defining feature of all societies because everything's a patriarchy because men yeah. have ruled the world yeah. that we very much know what is feminine and masculine is maybe everything else i think mas- mm-hmm. what, what society sees as masculinity is toxic yeah mm-hmm. and course. so mm-hmm. for me like right now i'm in a really hard place because i'm going through a lot of chemical imbalance mm-hmm. so when i think of masculinity i'm thinking of and i just had this conversation i'm thinking of um my status, social and financial status, you know, power. I'm thinking of more of like the aggression side of it because that's what's always portrayed to me on the television, mm-hmm. on the newspapers, what I see, right? But like you said, as I learn, it's like masculinity isn't that. But it's hard to not be that person when society is like, well, if you want to be Brain a man, this Constantly is what you put, need. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. what you need to do to yes. be that man. And that's the whole thing because that's why I say like boy and girl all together it's just like a so a social construct. I feel like people would definitely say they them until they know that person personally or until they heard they said heard them say it because boy girl first of all girl is a such a wide spectrum of femininity. Mm-hmm. Then there's a wide spectrum of masculinity. It goes from something as small as doing your nails to all the way up into uh, being all up in the fashion community and the beauty blogs and all that other type of stuff. Like, yeah. it's no way to say. Like, what makes you a girl? Right. What makes like, you, you a can't, boy? Right. Mm-hmm. You can't say that. They even said that in fucking sports. When they have trans people in the same sports as other people, you can't even tell the difference. But it's interesting so, because, like, because of things like, like hormone replacement therapies and things like that, mm-hmm. usually trans people in sports and like notably it's usually trans women like in like cis women or like traditionally women's sports Mm -hmm. they usually have a lot less testosterone and because of that muscle mass in their systems and these cis women who are high performing cis people in their spaces like that's just like a reality of situation so it's like a negotiation of this male and female thing of um, basically body autonomy like, that's the main that's the main argument yeah. like i just watched a documentary called changing the game which was about three trans kids in high school having the struggle of being athletes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and being on the team with the gender they identify with mm-hmm. but the main if you look into the laws the main thing in the laws is that chemically for for a trans man it's harder to place because if we're placed on the girls' team, we're stronger. But if we're placed on the men's team, we're not a man. Same thing, vice versa for trans women. If you're placed on the the men's team, you're not going to be able to compete with them because of the hormones you're taking. But if you're placed on the women's team, you have an advantage. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. make your mind up of what is what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a very much like issue of... Because when we go into these laws of defining male and female by biological markers because I think gender and also biological sex are like very very different Mm -hmm. because I don't know what anybody in this room's biological sex is I don't know what your your hormones are doing I don't know what your chromosomes are Mm -hmm. like these are all things that no one can 
legislate because there's so much in between how do these like binary laws of male and female like deal with people who are born intersex people who are born with extra chromosomes or people who are from like xxy to xyx all these different things that aren't within this binary idea of male and female because at the the end of the day at the beginning of the day none of us are born you know correct or Mm -hmm. whatever this like idea of black and white sexuality or gender are yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and i think people miss that so much like i remember when i was like younger i used to always watch uh tyra and she had this one episode with the tyra show was so fucking problematic i love it so much oh my god (laughs) i swear to god it was but it was so good some days so i had to watch it just to see like like what's the topic today let's see and one day she had a a topic of like intersex people and i was like what the fuck what is that Mm -hmm. and so I watched it, and it was a trans male, and there was a cis woman. She identified, they both identified as women in their earlier years by force, is what they were saying. So, the trans male, he said his problem was dating, and he already had the problem of, like, when... He was in high school. So many people went on him like every day on the bus at school, eating lunch, all types of stuff. He would eat outside just because he didn't feel like being bothered. Mm-hmm. And one day uh, he took a flat iron to his chest and tried to burn his boobs off. And that was because his mom at that age, they had already seen that he had both a vagina and a penis and his parents made him take hormones to be a woman because that's what they felt like he was that's what they felt like they wanted when they mm-hmm. had what's a child they, they wanted a girl it's what they felt but it's also usually something that doctors will recommend right mm-hmm. and not only that they said that for both the trans yeah. male and the woman so they said that the doctors was trying to make them make a decision and they ended up making the decision that she was a uh, that he was a woman and so with him taking these hormones and stuff in high school, he's growing boobs, his voice is mm-hmm. changing, and he's just feeling so out of place. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts dating when he gets older, he gets, you know, he, you know, start to smell himself a little bit, start dating women, and you know, for the most part, he don't have a problem, but you know, he got these couple that he really like. And this one, literally, they get to the point where they're dating and they finally want to do that. And he finds out that she didn't like the vagina. Like, he was like, you can't even use it. Like, this, you can't use it. If, if, if you know, you touch it, whatever, I don't feel nothing. Mm. And the woman was like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And left. Mind, mind you, the the dude was like all the way in love by this point because he did say he didn't really go out and do stuff all the time because he already knew downstairs was definitely a problem for most people Mm -hmm. but most people just didn't care depends on the night and stuff like that and you know he had his few that did that to him but he finally got to the one that he really loved and then the other woman said that she started dating (laughs) and she she did not have sex because she just felt like everybody was gonna 
feel a way about her and they felt like it's one or the other not both and the thing was she identifies as a woman but she don't want you touching her vagina and she don't want to have sex with it like at all she was completely like she didn't identify with it at all mm-hmm. but when she went out and she dated women they didn't have a problem with it but she had a couple that would be like what is that uh-uh i gotta go mm-hmm. and that's why i'd be like the gender thing goes so far from like being upset and making somebody's day bad to all the way like just ruining their whole life like mind your fucking business at the end of the day mm-hmm. if you're not fucking with them fine but you don't have to like voice that to everybody and try to get recruits and shit like it or really violent about right it. and then not only that you got the people that's feeling like they're in the gray area and it's like what do you do with those people now how do you feel about those people and then not only that like how do you treat people that's like homeless like because they look a certain way you're gonna treat them like that mm-hmm. that's disgusting to me mm-hmm. like a, that's gross yeah, that's the way they was raised i have a question about yeah it's about raised mm-hmm. it's, it's also like how do you the church and i'd like to address like maybe straight people in the room mm-hmm. but like how do you navigate sex because it's an interesting thing to me when the entire do you question like your your position within like a sexual space like do you know like what you're supposed to be doing or do you feel uncomfortable in any sexual act because it's like told to be your um what you're supposed to be doing but you can't do that like how do you how do you navigate like do you just like go with what feels normal to you or I just feel like it's a, it's a conversation for, like, queer people and queer bodies of, like, mm-hmm. sex and things because it's not taught to you. It's not a thing that's, like, in, like, the cultural ethos of how you should be performing or acting within, like, that space. But... Your positioning. For me, it's, like, when it comes to, like, the hmm. sexual tension. That's an interesting question. All right, because I'm trying to tell you think, like, <laughs> I never really thought about it. I just kind of yeah. moved. Like, I guess I'm, I'm at the point now um, where I'm so confident in my like I know what I like I know what I don't like so I don't really think about other people's like how that affects me I don't know if that's the question but I guess I don't really move a certain way um I just kind of do what naturally kind of works for me so your brain can turn off during sex what you mean so you you know the motions you know what should be happening yeah 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 yeah, okay. yeah pretty yeah pretty much I feel like I definitely didn't at first but um uh, I'll be trying not to scar anybody. No, I feel like openly. for a lot of people, they were in situations where they were like sexual before their time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes your sexuality is not even yours. Sometimes you feel like, and so you move in certain ways and that's how you have to learn because right. some people just don't know even at this big age 25 i still be trying to figure out like why like i always liked girls right but like i said when you go back into those traumatic issues that i have and i i've, I've like dealt with it in um a lot of ways but i don't think i fully like dealt with it and i feel like that's why I'm scared to like deal with women mm-hmm. on like a relationship and like sexual level. level yeah cause I feel like somebody already ruined that for me mm-hmm. and um I'll be trying to like 
figure it out. <laughs> but it's just like it's it's a stepping stone. Like sexuality mm-hmm. is so broad. Like it's so broad. I'm just saying. I I asked the question because I think that there is one way that we all understand that there is definitely a blueprint for that is in culture. It is in the world by large. It, these are things that we know and are comfortable with because it's something that we can see reflected to us mm-hmm. in the everyday. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I've yeah. stuck to, honestly, yeah. my whole life, like with my sex life. Like I haven't Literally. really <sighs> taken the time or the space to really explore right. and experiment with that. It kind of like scares me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. But I think that's really because like uh, there's a definite like connection by large between queer bodies and let's say kink because I think once you open up that door of allowing yourself in a space unexplored by large in a a popular culture you also open yourself up to like what else could I possibly like Mm -hmm. and like that's that's why when we were talking about it earlier like what are we straight whatever I'm like Mm -hmm. I don't <laughs> I think people are beautiful, you know, but I've yeah. only had experience dating men. So I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. And I've just never really like jumped out there and tried it. I don't know what's stopping me, but is it the curiosity or is it more of like some the the I just the feel ignorance like, of not knowing. Right. Like, I wouldn't, I, I just feel like I wouldn't know how to engage on that level. Like, if I'm saying from her perspective, like, if you've always known to, like, date the other gender and you're used to them approaching and you kind of going through that emotion, it's different when, I guess, you're talking to the other side. Well, That's then, just, so I want to expand <coughs> on that question and ask you to specifically, how would you deal with someone who identifies as the opposite gender but maybe had a sex organ that you weren't expecting? Mm. Or trans. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So if you were dealing with a, a man, but he was a trans man, so he had a, maybe a vagina. Or a woman with a penis. Like, how do you navigate those things? Because I think that's an interesting, like, Because you, want, you wouldn't know. For the, I, can, like, I can show you a lot of people you would not know nah, nah, unless they told you. Because mm-hmm. real life, mm-hmm. you can could, you could see somebody and just, if, if y'all don't have, you're not just going to walk up to somebody and have that conversation. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's not something that, you, that somebody owes you. Mm-hmm. So, dangerous. so yeah. So, so if you meet somebody, y'all just vibe. I don't think you go there first, especially me, because I'm a sapiosexual, um, and a demisexual. So I have to like really be like we What's have that? to. Yeah. So demisexual means you have to have a connection with somebody before you like okay. do that. Okay. Sapiosexual is like you're attracted to somebody's mind, basically okay. like intelligence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so for me, I can't just. I'm at the point now where I can't just like have casual sex because it just it, I'm a very emotional person so I can't like just do casual shit because I'm going to get attached and you know, all that man. shit yeah, right. I do um, so I'm telling you I used to be I used to be a dog but you know yeah you take some L's um, so yeah I just feel like it'd be more about the vibe for me Exactly. Yeah. I think it'd be like it. It be a learning process. Like I don't, I can't tell you step A through mm-hmm. B. Through, you know, I yeah. don't. I don't know. You don't have a I don't reaction. Think I would be like. You don't have an immediate reaction to it, so there's no aversion. Uh, uh wait, what? So there's no immediate. So you're, you don't have a even. I know there is a. Everything is a learning process and mm-hmm. a conversation between two people because I think every 
experience you have of a person is unique, mm -hmm. but like there is no immediate reaction. You don't have a. Cause I think that might be a cop out. Cop I don't. Out to say. I don't. I don't. I hope not. Okay. But I, I've never experienced that, so I mm -hmm. really don't know. Okay. I'd like to think that it wouldn't be though. Okay. What do you mean? What it mean? wouldn't be a problem. Oh. No, not not like I don't think I don't think it would be a problem though. Okay. I don't think I really don't. Like that's like an interesting thing that I think is an, a big issue with because there is a because when you talk about trans bodies and how like the average death rate of a trans person is like uh, 32 how mm -hmm. the average death statistic in America is one in every 100,000 but for trans people it's like one in every like several hundred yeah um yeah it's 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 a morbid thought but also you have to think that there's a legal defense of um Homosexual panic is what it's called. Of you can legally, in a court of law, say that I panicked because it, I, it, it's a, it's a gay person. Yeah. So, I murdered them because I was in a, I was in a, a blackout. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. people get away with that all the time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but like, what is that? <laughs> like, they shouldn't. But also, like, I don't think we have the conversations or even like the capacity to understand it. To me, it's very taboo. Is is we don't. It's not even like like at least well, I, well I can't even say that. Um, I, yeah, it's just taboo. Like a lot of people don't even talk about it because I know in my family, like that I think I have a uncle, a cousin, something like that. Um, but they're uh, gay or trans. One of them. I'm not too sure. I'm not too close to them. But um, everybody on that side is not like they don't really talk about it but they just say oh he's a little yeah he's a little he's weird a different, he's a little different yeah, like but yeah. we don't ever have those real conversations of okay right, what does like, that mean you know have respect but fam i feel like families like our world is changing whether society wants to acknowledge it or not mm -hmm. and those are conversations that i feel like families need to start having because like the gener our generation and the generations under us once we have got we get to a place where we can be ourselves and our own identity we don't give a shit what our parents in that older generation says right. which i think that older generation and society norms are really struggling with right now yeah, but i think when you think about like access and like finances people who control laws and things i think it, it's we i don't care what they have to say but i think think we need to be having these conversations with them because they want to hold all the cards which is also changing because we do have trans house people that's mm -hmm. in the house right mm -hmm. now which is like you know a step and they're very open mm -hmm. of their sexuality mm -hmm. and how they identify with which is a, a really good step but it's it's it scares me because it's like the next four years, we're, are we going to take a step back or are we going to take a step forward? Right. Well, but I feel like the conversation has to be bigger than, I think it just needs to be sex in general, honestly, because I mm -hmm. think that's where it starts. I feel like we don't have enough sex education, like just period. Like that's I know I didn't thing. get sex education. I learned most of what terrible. I know from just I mean, porn and place. like, you know, other, uh, you know, just doing shit. So it's like, I feel like we just need to talk about sex in general and not like just saying like, okay, this is a vagina, this is like that, but talking about consent, talking about like, what does it mean when I, when somebody says no, if somebody's drunk, if somebody's under the influence, like what is at a young age and be able to say like, that's, you know what I'm saying? Talk about molestation. Like we need to be able to have those conversations because it happens so much 
that and we just sweep it under the rug and kind of act like you know don't talk about it and it's like but that's where these conversations of transphobia and homophobia there's this this thought that's in like critical like queer theory like academic level like queer theory that homophobia is essentially on all uh, accounts literally just misogyny we hate men who we think operate in the space of women because we ultimately hate women. Mm-hmm. Yep. We truly, like, all these things are go back to a puritanical belief that women are um, inferior. Anyone who was to act like a woman, a woman is inferior. Your last episode, you talked about uh, the, the Bible, Bible mm-hmm. and how in Leviticus it says uh, man shouldn't lay with a man uh, as he does a woman. And, and you talked about how it was... Um, because I've seen it recently on Twitter that like people talk, were saying it was a mistranslation that was talking about like pedophilia. Yeah, pedophilia. Yeah, it's but not. It doesn't talk. There's nowhere in the Bible. That's not true. No, 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 yeah. no. I'm telling. I mean, because like I was raised in the church, mm-hmm. hardcore raised in the church, and I was really close with ministers, and I have gone through the Bible when I came out as lesbian at the mm-hmm. time, um, with these with these ministers, and their the Bible has been written multiple different ways mm-hmm. to portray how society wants us to see the world i mean for sure and like, so to, like dead sea scrolls to, like, like the, the Nicene creed where yeah. they took out like the dead sea scrolls are literally just like books of the bible they took out because it didn't fit the narrative of the bible they were they were reading uh it was also retranslated for like the king james version because he wanted to divorce his wives like there are a lot of times and times again the bible was like restructured mm-hmm. so it made sense with the person who was basically writing fit the it. narrative yeah. But yeah, I'm just saying that there's never been a, until like the 1800s when there was like a president that we thought that children need to be protected, pedophilia was never a problem for anyone. Mm. Like there, you can look at Roman accounts of, of boys and men and all that stuff, but there, but when you look at a man should not lay with a man as he does a woman, if you look historically, what it actually is saying is that women are property. Marriage is literally a contract between moving a woman from her father to her husband. To lay with a man in the same way that you would lay with a woman literally just disrespecting that man. It's an issue of respect and putting a man inferior to you when he should be your equal. That's what that quote means. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I just learned something. Right? So uh, just like when you look at homophobia by large, it it always goes back to we don't treat women correctly. Uh, There's a concept in ecofeminism, which is like, a sect of feminism, sorry, but like um, Indian feminist, uh, Vinyata Shiva is like the big person who wrote the book Ecofeminism, but she talks about how we're able to mistreat the earth because we see it as a mother figure mm. who will give to us without like needing anything back. Wow. Really? Yeah, so we were able to use it like almost as if we are parasites on it, like as a baby to a mother. Mm. And if we once we see it like separated from that fact, we're maybe able to like navigate like this issue that the earth is dying or at least killing us off of it <laughs> yeah it's me i only really need your number it's <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> forget that like, seriously never... i didn't even know that I, i've never opened my mind to think in that way and that's what i feel like a lot of people now they're not as open-minded to understand everything that's going on for real what, what do you think? Do you think well, my bad. Oh, but do you think it's it's moving that way? Like just from your perspective, because you know I can't, you know. But do you you feel like it's moving that way? Like by large, or it, it? It's hard for me to say because I've only came across transphobia 
in public once mm-hmm. where I know other people's stories are different so it's hard for me to say because all I have seen in my transition is support okay. even from those that I know do have trans and homophobia you know feelings mm-hmm. they're they've been respectful okay and it's from people that I would have never thought in a million years like That's million years you know like I'm scared to say but so it's it's also a lot of things that have helped are what is portrayed on social media on TV pose everyone loves pose but when I'm talking to people that I know who are closed-minded and that have seen pose it has opened their mind mm. okay so I think we need more things like that mm-hmm. in the world so it's like it helps people don't listen they see yeah that's true i mean we've been raised in in a heterosexual world just we've seen man and woman like every movie you see is a random ass sex scene every show is a man and wife like that's why i hate when people have the argument like why is this Gay, right on TV, on like, like, oh, like, right. That's what kids watch. Like, like, they out here. Watch it, I, don't, I don't understand. What are you talking about? I don't understand. She did. They're like, that was the thing is yeah, that really kills me. Is with like with kids growing up, they see everything, and mm-hmm. y'all so scared to talk to them about sex because you don't want them to know. But when no, 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 I'm sorry. Sex. I don't mean to cut you off. I was about to cut them off. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. They're not scared to talk about sex. They're scared to talk about queer. Relations. Exactly, that because that goes if it in was, with if, all if of their it. kid exactly. sees, um, and it's a, it's a tweet, if their kid sees a Mary Kay commercial mm-hmm. of t- a man and a woman kissing, mm-hmm. it's fine. But as soon as Mary Kay promotes gay gay uh, gay men commercial of being proposed to kissing, now it's, it's an issue. Yeah. Now exactly. now sex as a whole is an issue. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's sexuality mm-hmm. in general. People be acting like they so scared to tell children, but they see it all day long. Mm-hmm. Oh, wherever, they, wherever you go, when they are out here having sex, I'm, I'm exactly. sorry. I'm so sorry to cut everybody Come off, but through. I just have this one question, you guys, because I really want to know. I really, really want to know. Do y'all think it's an age limit for kids to be exposed? Is what most would say to the whole community itself. No, you can't control no. it. You, I, I can tell you, and I'm pretty sure everybody in this room has a friend or has a little cousin have have babies in their life mm, and yes. that parent's babies has had sex with the baby in the room regardless of the age the baby knows something else is happening right. regardless that they don't understand right. what's happening it doesn't come into play until they un- fully understand what they're seeing i have two questions mm-hmm. one it uh i want you to expand on what you're asking we currently had a conversation with my sister about uh, the Mary Kay commercial. Yeah, yeah, the Mary Kay commercial where it was two men or whatever. She just felt as though it, it's an age limit to showing kids that homosexual. Home, yeah, or whatever. She says for her, her theory the is for and under. Nobody should be kissing. Period. That's what I'm saying. It's sexual, period. Mm-hmm. It's sexuality. Yes. That's what I'm saying. And then when your kid's out here fucking trying to figure out what the what fuck is what, uh-huh. you're like, I don't want no parts. You shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. it. Nah, you shouldn't be doing it. Nah, they doing it, bro. Go ahead and teach them about it. Yeah. They know what's what. What's bad touching, good touch at a young age. So they know who should be touching them and who shouldn't be touching them. I think my second question is. And stuff is, like that. 
do you think that from a parent perspective that maybe they're sure there might be a homophobic component but teaching something outside of their experience is a lot harder do you think a parent maybe might be challenged in teaching the wrong thing no. or okay I, I'm, I, I'm, because like, I don't because like, if I, I don't know your experience so I don't want to speak on your experience but to like a child like, I might get mm-hmm. it wrong no I'm I, I, the only reason I say no to your question is because we all have someone in our life whether we want to admit it or not that's in the queer community right mm-hmm. in today's world with technology and everything we have so many resources if so you don't know the answer, right. your friend does, or your friend's friend does, or your aunt does, or you Look have Google, right. you have Instagram, Goddamn. you have fucking TikTok that Every, has been everything. everything. Yes. There's so much resources for you where you, a parent cannot come to me and say, I didn't know how to handle it, so I told them it was wrong. Right, no, that comes from you being home. You have the school system, that the school system right now. I just spoke last week at a DC school system where they're trying to implement classes in their school system, in a charter school for queer kids. So, no, a parent cannot sit here and tell me that. Like, there's no way, and I I refuse. That's like a parent telling, coming and sitting and telling me that. Their kid's interested in basketball. If your kid was interested in sports and you weren't a sports person, you're going to go find some way to get your kid in a sport. Right. It's the same right. thing. You're looking it up, trying to figure out what is basketball and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out everything. Because so I, I think I would, because I'm thinking like as like a, as me, if I, if I don't know, I usually don't speak on it at all. I don't, I'm not going to place a, a value judgment, but I will find someone who can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just, I, 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 I'd rather pass the torch than look know, it up and be like, "Well, Google up. says, right?" Yeah, I'm the same way. That's all I got for you, baby. But that's why we gotta start having the conversation. So exactly, like, just spread the the education. But it's hard in school, though. This is I think that should be a part of sex education. Educational right now, and this people got mad. But I think it shouldn't because I think it's not. But then there's a misnomer in gender and sex because I think that if it's in sex education, you're you're placing this because I've seen this conversation on TikTok recently of like all these Gen uh, Z kids. I've seen it on Twitter of all these people saying there shouldn't be kink at Pride because it's a it's a place for all ages. We shouldn't be seeing sex in this place. It's like a celebration of queerness. Mm-hmm. You, your sexuality. And your sex are very different. Mm-hmm. Your gender and your sex are very different. I'm gonna go to the um even to the, the point of who you have sex with and your sexuality are different. Like, I think down-low dudes a lot of times aren't gay dudes, even though we like to, like, put that on them because I think who you are what you like. as a... Que- it's, it's, who you, it's what you like, but also it's how you're acting in your life. It's how you're... Ex- it's, it's an outward performance. Like, if you are operating as a straight person, I'm going to say you straight. Because you're not doing anything for or with the queer community. You don't understand the queer community. You can't say you're a part of it, even if you do have sex with the people in it. Mm. Like, that's not, like, these things are separate. And it's hard to also answer your question. It's hard to, like, say and speak on our community when our community doesn't want to open that door. Mm. You know, we have so many nonprofits. We have so many people that are influencers that's in the queer community but don't go into detail of their life and what it means. Right. And it's hard for that education part to come in when right. you you don't want to open your life. You don't want to open your door. For someone that's gay or someone that's a lesbian, 
what does that mean for you? You want to be, you know, people hate us, but how can, like, you gotta explain it, it, it through it, experience. You gotta explain that. That's why I'm so yeah. open on my transition because yeah. for me to say you're giving me transphobia vibes or you hate me because of who I am, you don't know who I am if I'm, my door's closed. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is hard. And it, it sucks to say it that way, but that's why we understand heterosexual so much because mm-hmm. it's so open. And mm-hmm. Right. It's so put out there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was... Um, I have a friend. Her name is Brandy. And she's very much in the community, so much so that she's had GoFundMe set up. She's, like, paid people's bills. It's different things that she does in the community. And that's what, like, really sets her apart because I always tell her, like, when you go out here and you do these different things and you tell people how your life is, that is what's really felt because they got her on videos and doing interviews where she's talking about her life, how she has to you know, be a certain way and dress a certain way so that she's not misgender and so that she doesn't get herself in trouble. And, like, little things like that will make people think, like, dang, I'm, I'm making it dangerous out here for people to live their life? Oh, no, I don't want to be that type of person. And I'm like, little things like that and other stuff is, like, what needs to be felt and yeah, heard. Say, like, like, there's, there's very much a... <clears throat> I hear what you're saying. But for people to get the platforms in which they can speak in a way that will reach a wider audience, there's a lot of sterilization of what queerness or gayness or transness is. You have to package it for certain people so they can even under or start to understand it because Mm -hmm. once you get into like the specificity of what your life is as an individual, it gets muddy Mm -hmm. because not everything is... uh, clean and easy it usually isn't so i think that maybe progress for me will happen when i see queer people playing villains or bad guys like when people are allowed to be both complicated in their personhood and maybe not uh a story of like perseverance or yeah yeah okay in the same way like for like blackness of like how you can how we only have the stories of of slavery and misery exactly right and i feel like that sets you back every time because it's like how much content do we have to keep putting out like this to where it's like normalized or generalized to the point where this is common information certain shit you shouldn't do when you go outside (laughs) to certain people or have a respect for all humans in Mm -hmm. general all life i feel like certain stuff wouldn't happen even if you can't really explain people like you don't really have to like i just think that you can't teach human decency like exactly i i I think at a certain point it just comes to people's empathy and sympathy and you can't teach that like no matter how much you flash in front of them like it's good i love seeing representation for everybody um but i just feel like once you close yourself off to certain shit because what i've noticed especially like from twitter is that a lot of a lot of males (laughs) um separate themselves from like the rep like the pack like they try to do this thing where it's like oh well it's not me because you know i'm not like that so it's not you know when people say men are trash or men are this that it's like uh oh i don't do it so (laughs) so it can't be right oh well y'all do this and and it's like when you become when you i guess when you come from a individual standpoint and you don't look at it from a how you affect the bigger world because i feel i feel like honestly as a straight dude 
every single straight dude has came into some type of situation where you knew some shit was wrong or you knew like you shouldn't have, like something shouldn't be happening mm-hmm. and you was kind of just like should i say something should i do something because if i do something they might whoop my ass mm-hmm. or da 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 and you choose not to because you like i'm trying to get home that's not my situation but you know like deep down you should have did wrong, something yeah. that's just as big as a problem as as the niggas that's on here saying all this wild ass shit doing all this wild ass shit like you you play into that part like you play right. even if just you try to separate yourself from the group silence is compliant there you go right. if you or don't say nothing it. you just as bad as the the people who are you know doing this shit silence is, a, is compliance but there was this uh popular thing from like the height of age like the 80s where silence is violence Mm-hmm. Like it is a yeah. cosine of behavior. Yeah. It's you turning uh, your back on things that you know and your uh, gut or whatever are wrong is in a way you also perpetuating that violence. Definitely. But like I think that's like a because we all understand that masculinity is toxic <laughs> by far, uh, and when you hear people say things like, well, not all men, not me, like, they must not be right, like, even you starting that place of separating yourself is not you hearing the point of what this person is saying to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just automatically like, not on the defense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like, know how, like I, said, I know I have toxic masculinity. It's there. It's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you negotiate that? Like, how do you negotiate, like, this place of, of becoming... I'm not saying that you've not always been a man, because it's, like, not... The, the story of what transness is, but how do you, as you evolve. make, you know, yeah, as you evolve your outside to like reflect your inside, how do you negotiate this, this thing of what masculinity means? It's hard because right now, I mean, like at this point now, this month, this last couple months, I finally have told my whole family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. before then, it was more so still having those cover up and lenses that I had my whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right now is figuring out what is my masculinity mm. now yeah. that I can be so open to who I really am. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to answer that question because I don't I don't know, mm-hmm. which is going to take it's, it takes years Mm-hmm. three to five years to fully get into that transitional state where you can say I have transitioned it's, right. eight, it's, it's, it's technically ten years so you can fully say you have transitioned mm-hmm. and that's because that chemical imbalance of going through those preteen stage all over again I'm still as if I was 11 or 12 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not a 24 year old person mm-hmm. right so I have a lot of immaturity things where it's like I know it's wrong because mm-hmm. I've been to that maturity level in mm-hmm. a way. But when I get to who I really am, I'm like, I, it's, it's immature and I don't care. Or mm-hmm. when y'all were going through puberty as a preteen, all you are is horny. And that's all I am right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want to have and understand that masculinity at the age that we are now. But I can't. Mm-hmm. I just physically and mentally cannot it's like starting all over like i my my favorite color has changed my texture of feeling has changed food i like has changed like i hated slim jims and that's all i eat now Mm -hmm. like there's so much things that i have that have changed for myself when people ask me that like well 
what's masculinity? Like, how are you mask? Like, I don't know. I'm a little boy. I don't know. <laughs> ask me in five. Ask me in five years. But I, I can give you the answer of what I wanted to be or what I feel it to be because I have masculine men guidance in my life. Mm-hmm. But for myself, I don't know. So it goes back to what you're saying. As a little kid, you don't, you can't tell a little kid that they're a boy or a girl, mm-hmm. and that's where I am right now. I know I want that I, I'm, I am he, <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out what is he for me. Right. Yeah. Damn, that was poetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's interesting because now I'm sitting like me saying here, it's like now I'm trying to think like where did my image of masculinity even come from? Like just hearing yeah. you say that, it's like it's because yeah. it's because and that goes like when people see me, they're like, oh, you're you know you are masculine. It's it's what I'm giving off of the toxicness of like the it's the performance. The, yeah, the performance of yeah. what I know. It's not yeah. what is really inside of me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I was saying, like, the other day when we was talking, I was saying, like, if people would just, like, get over themselves, I'm talking about the, like, non-LGBTQ community. If they would just get over themselves, we, because I, I feel like we, we, like, our identity is our, like, crutch our exactly. entire life. Mm-hmm. So, like, we hold on to that, like, with our, like, with our everything. And so, like... If you can't be who you want to be in front of all these other people that feel like they know who they are, now you're just like, you're holding on to that little thing that you think you are, and that's all it is, and you can't even really figure it out because you're so busy holding on to it. Right. And then finally, when you're able to, like, grasp and you have your own, like, life and stuff, and you're able to step back and you're like, okay, this is this, that's that, trying to organize stuff, it's hard. You can't that's even... why I think so many people are anti because they see, they see people themselves. living, being them, and oh, that right. like it widens the box, right? It mm-hmm. it they it erases be. everything that you've been taught your I whole life. Exactly. I have a statement, but I want to quantify it first by saying there was this study in Toronto about uh, how. Uh, cis men that's who the study was based on it's a wider birch of people took molly and their experience empathy for the first time they became more empathetic to other people mm-hmm. and like there's this notion that i i've heard before of people saying well everybody just needs to do acid they need to mm-hmm. really like open up their minds mm-hmm. i don't think that's true but what i will say <laughs> is that i <laughs> because like things like that like on earth all sorts of like um, like dormant mental illnesses and all that stuff there's there's, yeah. there's complicated like ideas behind that but I will say the thing that they're actually saying is that hallucinogens like acid, it's been studied um, because it breaks down your ego. Mm-hmm. It allows you to... Be you. Yeah, be you. Exactly. Alcohol, but alcohol is also a crutch. Mm-hmm. Because I don't yeah. think people use it in like the... That's low because vibrational. Like there's, I mean, it's low vibrational. It, it can be higher vibrational, I guess, but I think there's this thing of like set and setting. Literally. Yeah, because like, you can you can do something and like never get anything from it because you're not ever doing it in like the right setting. Right, it's mm. the environment. You're not putting the intentions yeah. into it. You're not going into it for that purpose. Right, exactly. So then once you like can, because you can, alcohol lowers your inhibitions. It really allows you to like really like get to your base emotions, these things that like you, because I think, because people say that like uh, drunk people don't lie. Mm-hmm. Like once you're in that place of um, vulnerability, vulnerability yeah. you really like, it's usually through people telling you, but these are like the things that you're actually like. Even you're covering it up with your everyday mask. Like these are the right. things you're really, you really are. Yeah. 
like we we need more allowances for reflecting on who we are as people because a lot of things i think a lot of people are like negotiating like just living in like this There's, weird society those, that's, really that's no why those, time for that though yeah. that's There's why those no like those drugs are illegal mm-hmm. you know because that's literally the government why. knows exactly that's that if, why they can if, do if this we had propaganda. access to these 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 drugs in a healthy way and understood what they really were for everybody would come the together the world would be so much different than what it is today and they I mean, hate that in a way yeah in a oh, way. for sure i'm just gonna like tack onto that to say that like it's also because like most um non-white communities have had like long histories with plant medicine and that we understand that prosecutions of drugs is also a prosecution on usually minority figures who are disenfranchised and use them as escapism mm-hmm. so like that's that's why drugs are generally legal because we want to because we legalized, because we made slavery illegal, and so we had to make you know prisons legal. <laughs> of course, <laughs> none of us will get past any of ourselves until we get past ourselves. So, with there being no time for us to really explore ourselves, like how how do we how do we um, stop this ball that's already on a roll? I mean, I think you, Maxine Waters, reclaim your real. time. I, I've said so. You just said time is not real. I say this all the time because I think it's um, it's funny, but it's also true. I think people say that black people are late all the time. I think black people maybe experience time differently because yeah. so much time was stolen from them. Mm. So I think maybe Hello. being late I mean, is a re- thank you. it's Hello. a rec- thank it's you. a reclamation. <laughs> Always want to see yeah. It's a reclamation. Like, if I'm not gonna get my reparations and money, I'm gonna get it in your time. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, I think there I'm is. I'm late to work every day, bitch. I'm late every see? fucking where. There's everywhere. everywhere. Every time. <laughs> so there, there is time. I just don't think we are ever in that place where we can like use it correctly. So it's a reframing of or a reclaiming of our time for these like right things. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. We just like it's all self care. The shit that we're like we're yeah, told is self care is usually up late, late to everything. They gonna be hip. Listen, there's no different. Uh, okay, we'll like, all right. So what are we gonna do? <laughs> In my head, I know that there's no. So there probably is for other people, but there's no difference between being 15 minutes late and being 45 minutes late. So I'm gonna be 45 minutes late. Oh, if, right. I, if I'm late, I'm late. True. Uh, right. <laughs> True. Man, when I used to be in school, when I tell you like I used to miss the bus, bruh. I used to have to. First of all, I used to have to. Catch a whole metro bus to catch the school bus, and literally still have to catch the metro bus. Oh my lord! Literally, because I had I was in a science and tech something. I was in science and tech, whatever program, mm-hmm. and the way they had it set up was that I couldn't catch a bus because I was too far away and I was outside of the zone. The school that was in my zone didn't have science and tech. That's so a, that's a, first of all, that's a lot. Ass. Bruh. I, my, I, was, I was supposed to go to Duval, and my, the school I went to was out of my zone, and they bought a bus to... That was Unreal. Crazy. I used to have to catch a train, then a bus, then the fucking uh, school ass. bus. Or it was a... Oh, you know, okay, this is how it went. I would catch the train, and when I catch the train to the next... It, it would be to a school that I would, pop, I would have to wait to, for a bus. But it was a lady that drove one of the like school buses, and she would pick me up and take me to close to where I went to school. Then I would either catch the bus, but if I missed the bus, I had to walk miles, bro. Miles. You telling me like, if you could set miles. all of that up, you could set up a bus coming to get me. 
You feel me? <laughs> okay. Go to this school. But isn't that like the big issue? Like that, like all this is about of just like access. Yeah. Access Literally. To different shit. Resources. Like I feel like if we came up with our own resources, had our own schools, Hello. came together with our own curriculums, like we need to teach them this because we're not gonna have them. It, like, because at the end of the day, you gotta understand these people get mad because they're putting the LGBTQ classes in school, but you're not teaching them. Not to mention, you're not teaching them anything because most I mean, of the time sure, they're in school. I got, I, I got a question though. I got a question though. So especially for you, because I know you got, you got kids. Mm-hmm. So how? How does everybody feel about somebody else teaching your kid about sex in general? I feel like I should be the first one. And I feel like if somebody wants to talk to my kid about sex, they need to ask me first. Don't just go off telling anything. I've always been like this, even with my little brothers, because I'm the oldest. And (laughs) even like my little brother, he's seven years old. The other day he asked me, if I pee with this, a pee-pee, what does your baby pee with? Cause she's a girl. Ah. I was like, why don't you go ask my mom? <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's not a conversation for me to have with you. Like Even Mary. you being my little brother, that's not. I don't feel like I need to. Especially with most of my family being homophobic and transphobic, I don't want to teach him in a certain way, right. and then she gets mad. Like I'm gonna just go ahead and let her handle that. <laughs> let her tell you whatever, whatever. So I feel like as a parent. You know, it, it really depends on you, but most people, like I said, they so scary about sexuality that they're not even teaching their kid at all, and their yeah. kid is out there having sex. Yeah. Which is like why only- I think it's like a, because like when I, when I hear that question, I don't have kids, but I would think that if that kid had a solid foundation of all those things, like sex and sexuality coming from home, it shouldn't matter what is being taught outside, because I will either confirm or they can like call bullshit on it. Mm. Yeah, but mm. the, the thing is, people are very malicious, and I had a time in my life, like, when I was younger, my parents started teaching me about sex when I was, like, eight. So, by that time, I had a couple family members, you know, they alcoholics do too much when they drink and shit, and start asking you questions, like, little weird shit, you know? And you'd be like, what are you asking a kid this for? Like, you know what a condom is? You know you need protection when you do 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 Right? So come to find out one of them ended up saying you know Shamika was down there talking about sex that's why I said when somebody wants to talk to you about sex you need to come let me know or what have you because I didn't I need to know what you're saying first of all I need to know what what are you saying what are you talking about why are we talking about sex anyway when, mm-hmm. why did it come up a grown person I mean, talking about sex to somebody they don't know for sure like I think it's like a bigger issue of uh, how we view or how, because like when I hear things like that, I'm just like, damn. Um, people fucked up. Yeah, I know. People <laughs> fucked up, and you should also have a parent who's teaching these things, but also feels like a safe space for you to even yeah. come back to them and like tell them these things. Right, and and then you got the other people that like ask you in ways like, when I was younger, I had people ask me in ways where like it was really disgusting, like you know what it is to do this and that while they touching your leg and shit, mm-hmm. like. That's why I feel like when my daughter gets to the age where she's even understanding that, like, she likes a boy or a girl, like, Kiss that's me. when we start talking about it because you're already exposed to that life where you feel like you want to be sexual with somebody or you want to give them a hug or you want to spend extra time with them in the cubbies or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. I want to know because 
I don't know what's going on, but I need you to know good and bad touch. And I need to know why these people want to do certain things and say certain things to you because Mm -hmm. everybody's intentions are so different. And I need to check you out. I don't care who you is. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, my mother, I mean, my dad was saying that I was doing too much because I still haven't put my daughter in, like, daycare, school, none of that. I'm not playing none of that shit. I be seeing too much, mm-hmm. watching too much, catching too many teachers, doing too much weird shit. Even when I was growing up, it was too much weird shit going on. So now I'm like, if I can't do a background check on the whole staff, <laughs> cancel it. I'm not doing it. If it ain't cameras on an app on my phone that's in the classroom and through all out through out the school cancel it so are you gonna homeschool her yes ma'am oh yes ma'am and i'm ready for it because the thing that already blew me with my dad was when i started uh her homeschooling and stuff like that since we're transitioning and moving my dad got upset and said that i'm not teaching her i'm depriving her of what i was taught and i'm like i'm depriving her for a reason And it's not even that I'm depriving her because I have to teach her that she can learn wherever. If her focus is not there, she's not going to be able to do nothing anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. I don't care where you're at. You can learn on a plane. You can learn on a boat. You can learn in the water. You can, I don't care where you're at. You have to have that focus and that mindset. Like wherever I go, I'm going to soak up whatever knowledge I got. I have a couple questions about that. What? Because homeschooling is interesting to me because it, it brings up like things of like, time and access like who has like the capacity to do that for their children i'm glad you do because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't and like you can like really tailor it and like teach them a wide berth of things but also when i hear that your dad said that you're denying her there is a level that i agree with in that only of like the socialization oh, so that's my but idea. here's yeah. the thing that's what's different about homeschooling when i say homeschooling i don't mean like she's staying in the house for the rest of her life until she's old enough because if you met a homeschool kid yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they have they have uh, only child syndrome most of them. <laughs> but the thing is i want that to be a part of her life i've been anti-social my whole life scared to be around people because it's always some type of um stigma against the dark skin or the the hair or hot piercings the whatever Five and minutes. i've just it's, it's made me like i don't like people and i don't want to be around people i don't want to talk when we around people i'm not going to talk unless they talk to me that's how i don't want her to be i want her to be out here like i don't care whatever room she step in i want people to know oh that's rosa marie that's that's yeah i know who that is I was gonna say, yeah. and you have like that. friends and family members with kids that she hangs out with all the time, and exactly. you like take her and out in the public in like kids' spaces. Yeah, like she has like okay, I homeschool her and teach her the little regular stuff like regular um, one synonym words, her numbers and her alphabet stuff like that. But she has school and like it's a homeschool type of thing, but it's it's more like an interactive school it's an alternative school and she'll be there two hours a day twice a week Mm -hmm. and it's basically where the kids are learning outside like they learn how to identify plants they learn how to make different things with um with things outside they learn how to identify different things that's outside in the soil learn how to plant stuff different things that i feel like you should know how to do on a regular basis anyway and i feel like as long as you keep your child active within whatever community you have that's why i say like 
when people decide they want to homeschool, don't decide you want to homeschool and you know you got a full-time job. It's not going to do nothing but stress you out. You need to have either a side hustle that you can bank on and be like, yeah, if at any point I can quit this shit and just start, you know, up in my game in this, like, side hustle. You need to have your own business so that you can dedicate that time and that attention to your kid because nine times out of ten they're going to be up under you all day long because you're homeschooling them. So that's all they know. That's all they want. And you're going to have to be okay with that because it, they didn't ask to be here. And not only that, I don't just take her with the little school stuff. I take. I want her to do dance. I want her to do a whole bunch of different stuff. Like, whatever she likes. She likes sports. She likes dancing. She likes singing. Stuff like music. Stuff like, I'm going to get her into a whole bunch of different stuff. But, again, you got to have the resource. You got to have your own business. You got to have money coming in for it. Because most of this stuff you do have to pay for. But luckily, I do have people that know how to do certain stuff that I'm going to, you know, let her spend her time with. Like, I have people in my family that know how to play instruments. Takes a village, man. Yeah, like, everybody, just use who you have. Like, at the end of the day, there's so many people out here that is dying to, to like, be with children. Like, at the end of the day, I always tell people, I love children. I hate adults. They're annoying. <laughs> like, they're the ones with the problems. They're the children ones with the baggage. Honest. All the extra, Very. yeah. It's, they will it's, tell you how it is and all. Yes, that's, gonna, that's I, the only thing you gotta be careful. Like, like, no, no they let you know real intent. quick. I think yeah. like, framing that like into like or just like, because I think my, I think queerness in a way is a blessing, and um, mm-hmm. because I've just been at this like place of like being radically. I don't really so like distinguish between like gay and bi all that shit. Um, I call myself a faggot. Like that's basically like up and down what I am. Like, yeah. I'm not gay, I'm not queer. I feel like queer is too intellectual and gay is too stupid. I'm a faggot. It's what it is. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really at this place where I think that, like, that's a blessing. Like, I think that, like, queerness is... Because queerness, in the same way that blackness, they both, because they are ostracized, they bring community. See? And I was just about to say, I call myself a nigga. Yeah. Like, I don't care all that. that oh, I'm not a nigga. I'm a, I'm a black man. I'm a nigga. Like, you, you talk yeah. to me, I'm a nigga. Like, you like, don't see the nigga in me. Like, mm-hmm. that's just what I am. That is community. That is family. That is a bigger, that's a wider understanding of the world. Mm-hmm. I think these things are important. And, like, that's, Very. like, the thing that I think... When you talk about like your your child and like uh, it's a village that it raises it, I'm like that's exactly what we need for everybody. That's what mm-hmm. I Literally, like, that's your idea. Provide. Before you have a kid, you gotta think, who am I going to be able to run to if I need to drop my kid off in an emergency or any time? Who am I gonna be able to go to to teach my kid this or that? Because I don't know too much about that, and I don't really want them to go to school. Or what, however, you gonna do it? But we you all need have to familial, know. We all have familial trauma. Definitely. Because I think that in a lot of ways we <clears throat> use children to fix problems that aren't yeah. their faults. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. You can't use your kid as a crutch. Yes. Like, before you have a child, yeah. fix all that baggage you got. And be working on it, right? At least like, be working yeah. on it. That's Acknowledge what kills me. it's there. Yeah, like, exactly. That's the first something. step, literally. Because I see so many parents that don't even try to heal the issues that they have and they don't even realize that they're portraying that to their kid and now that's how their child is going to grow up and like generational trauma exactly don't pass down the trauma like break that curse yeah so like i'm really trying to like in the same way that in my darkest days i'm there i love myself and i forgive myself i want to expand that to the people that i love but also the people that i hate so when i hear like when when people are 
homophobic or transphobic, know that they really don't understand. Exactly. Know that they didn't have they meet don't have the resources, meet them where they are because when you said that there are people who you know are homophobic and transphobic but they accept you, it's because exactly. they've never They've never been in the predicament. Well, also, they've never had someone in their space who they care about who has been in these, like, situations or spaces or, like, you know, of that kind of person. Exactly. And that's the fact. You got to teach love, not hate. Mm -hmm. And, like, even down to, like, when kids, like, do the, you know, when kids see, you you know, adults that don't necessarily match the gender that they necessarily know and they go, it, come on, bro. Who's mm-hmm. teaching you that? Because mm-hmm. anybody that's or respectful... be like, I don't understand their pronouns. Like, there is like, very difficult. Like, I, I just, like, don't... They, them, I've never used that before ever in a sentence. I'm like, you're using it right now. <laughs> and you have used it Yeah, before. and you've used it and all the time. it's easier to just say... You right. just call them by their name. Like, yeah. what's wrong with that? Like, right. just... But even when you just say you could call them by their name, you just said they. they. It's like, right. it's, it's right. the default right. pronoun. Right, right. <laughs> Like, these are all things that we don't, because it all feels different and maybe forced or whatever on us. Like, I don't think people take the, like, capacity to understand that they've been there the whole time. I think it's a pride thing. Because just like you said, like, I didn't even realize I said that. So it's like, it really comes from a place of you're telling me I have to say that. Versus me being able to see somebody and automatically label them because I think this is what he is. This is what she is. Now you're telling me that I'm wrong and I can't be wrong. So (laughs) now I got to... Like on purpose, be like, oh, it's a it. But like, it's, mm-hmm. but that's that's the thing that I think we can all understand about racism by large is that people don't like white people aren't afraid of being racist. They're being they're afraid of being called racist. Mm-hmm. 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 Like they understand because they don't understand the implications or even like the larger like breath. They don't understand racism like because it doesn't affect them personally. Yeah, they have no empathy for it because it's just like completely out of their purview but when you tell them that they're wrong that somehow that they're the problem that like they're living their life in a way that's like incorrect or whatever it's truly like a it it cuts the brakes they're like (laughs) hold up wait i'm the villain but i but but i watch um trevor noah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's like a thing you can apply to all things of just being like maybe step outside yourself if someone's telling you that the thing that you did is harming them. You can't tell them it's not. Right. That's the thing. People so like when they say you wrong, they take it as an attack, bruh. Just or that person. But that person yeah. that really tell you that, that you wrong. They tell them that maybe you hurting either them directly or someone that like they love. Yeah. Right. It it's a idea of okay. This person is telling me that the thing that I'm that I'm doing is directly harming them Mm -hmm. i should be able to step outside myself to the extent of maybe not or like maybe understanding what it was that hurt them and what i can do to fix that that takes a level of like you said so many times before a level of self-awareness that a lot of people don't have a lot of people ain't ready to face themselves I, i don't i'm not sure if it can always be traced back to a specific event mm-hmm. or if it's just I'm sorry it's a combination people, of the way taught, shit is yeah you know? people aren't taught how to deal with their emotions I feel like there should be a whole class too cause so many people walk around with all this mess I was thinking that when you were saying like 
teaching your your daughter about sex, teaching her like how she feels during that too. Like yeah, exactly. You know, with everything. Exactly, it's say? like all like separate, it's and then I feel like the learning spectrum is so broad for kids, or it should be, because it's certain basic things that's just gonna always come up. They should always know certain mannerisms when it cur- when it comes to certain things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, I don't mean to like switch the conversation because yes, we're talking you do, you a, should. <laughs> we're talking a lot about <laughs> straight versus homosexuals and queerness. But we're not talking more about like I love that when we talk about homophobia and transphobia, it's separated. Mm-hmm. Because what we're kind of like going around because society always says it's always straight versus us. Mm-hmm. We have our own homophobia inside of our community. Oh, that was a mm-hmm. that's so. Mm-hmm. I think that comes from because. Well, yeah. first and foremost, I think if you if you go take it back to the white space, we I think race everything is maybe interconnected. There's like a intersectionality in all things white gay men fight for not equality of gay people but to reclaim the power that they thought was lost to them because they were mm. they were born queer mm-hmm. so it's them coming back to the place of just being a white man and not a white gay man they want to make the, the gay a non-issue so they can just be a white man and, and be in power so homo or transphobia in the queer community is usually an idea of gay people holding on to these characteristics that they think will connect them to the people who already hurt them hurt people hurt people yeah. mm. uh, and th- there's this book it's it's not related but i'm gonna relate it how the how the irish became white in america mm-hmm. it's about how after, after the potato famine irish people came over to america they um, settled mostly in boston and how um they were treated like any other immigrant group because they were impoverished they were like basically you could compare the I, the plight of the Irish to that of like um, a Hispanic immigrant like at the time. That's what they were viewed as. But because they brutalized other minority figures more so than any other like white person, they ostracized themselves from minorities and thus were accepted within whiteness. That's why Boston is, by all statistics, the most racist in America even today. So it's it's an issue of see we're not like them they're the weird ones mm-hmm. we're normal mm-hmm. like we can also live your white picket fence and we also hate these people I think that's what transphobia in the queer community actually is oh no mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's just hard because we're so quick to hop on those who aren't in the queer community mm-hmm. when we first need to go back into our own community and fix that because I've had people say to me before like alright you know you, 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 you're you calling me ignorant but you have ignorance in your own so called support system community right so how, how, how can you hop on me but you're not getting on them but you get on both oh yeah well yeah but they don't they yeah. don't think of it that way or see it but who is life. perfect even in the like, say, that's like saying you can't tell me about black shit because there are bad black people. But a lot of people argue that. 
Like that's and that's the same. It's basically the same. Arguments. I will shoot you where you stay. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's so many times I've seen people literally just post as a reply. Like you'll you'll see like a whole thread like oh uh, black people you know racist blah 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 and they'll just post like oh this is the statistics for like how many black people kill black people and it's like okay now post uh, the statistics for how many white people kill white people how I mean, many like Asians across, kill Asians all like, the across the board people kill in their own communities that's just what so it was, like that's just what it white is white crimes are the same that's as black and black crime because you mostly kill your neighbor is what the truth is mm-hmm. so yeah it's part. I mean it's probably the same justification I know like for me Trans wasn't even, like, a thing until, like, I got, like... Like, I knew about it, but I didn't... I never encountered it, you know what I'm saying? Until, like, I say, like, 24, 25? Like... People are more open now. I'm also yeah. going to say that you definitely encountered yeah, it. Yeah, I probably have, but I just yeah. didn't... Yeah. I didn't put two and two together. And now, thinking back, I've probably seen it a lot more. Um, but it probably got labeled a certain way to me where I didn't know it was that. It was just like, oh, look at that man, you know, look at that, you know. They labeled them of how they identified with and yeah, then go yeah. into detail of what it really was. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. I have a question of passability because I have a lot more trans women friends than I do have trans mask friends. Which is also another issue we need to touch on. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't really know or understand the trans mask experience okay. when it comes to things like dysphoria with passing it's harder in my eyes than a trans woman only because I'm just saying it goes back Mm -hmm. I would say it maybe goes back to like the when I said there's a very defined idea of what femininity is but not really what masculinity is Mm -hmm. maybe because and and just to agree with you that is that that tomboy aspect Mm -hmm. you know when you're growing up, everyone, they want to label you as a tomboy mm-hmm. before they label you as anything else. Mm-hmm. And so when someone looks at me out in the street, their first response is she, and their thought process is they're gay mm-hmm. and they were a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Not maybe it's he and he's X, Y, and Z from. I want to complicate that a bit more by saying there's also the third thing of we all, and it's more so even in black women communities because I think there's already association with black women and masculinity but like just like dyke culture yep of like masculine Oops. women like I think it's a more it's more open yeah there's but that is also goes into a counter argument of that is that there's more trans women tra- tra- black trans women presenting on television than there is trans black men mm-hmm. or even trans men, trans period. Men, period. Yeah. Of mm. color and not of white. We have Laverne Cox, Dominique Jackson. Now we have the whole pose cast. Mm-hmm. In that whole pose cast, yes, they talked about, Your, yeah. you know, trans a lot, but there was not a representation of a trans man in that whole series. Well, because they're not, yeah, well, there's also like the communities of, of ballroom where like. But ballroom. Not- had a lot of trans mm-hmm. men. Ballroom started from trans people, which is really shocking to me because I I know people I've known people that have gone to ballrooms before, mm-hmm. and I've known people that have lived in a house. Right. And in that house, there is a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. All that was portrayed to us was a mother. 
mm-hmm. in that series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that house, there's a mother and a father, and a lot of those times, that mother and father are trans. I mean, there's a trans woman and a trans man. Why wasn't that portrayed out? So when someone goes out into the world and there's, like I said again, visibility is trans, black trans women, orange is the new black, things of that nature, they will identify a trans woman before they identify a trans man because of that. Okay. I can see that. So like you said, going back to that dyke culture, all they are identifying us with is that we are lesbian, dom, mass, female. Not a trans man because they don't understand what that is. Right. You... And this is a question I'm honestly asking. Do you also think it might be because there are, it's easier to identify things as quote unquote masculine? So maybe the experience of transness for trans women is harder because the the things that we're association with associating with um, men is something that like is already put on a lot of people. Like do you so do you think that maybe they're not identifying trans? Do you think you're identify you're being identified as maybe a dyke or do you think that the that's a dude I'm not even gonna I mean I'm gonna have to I'm only I'm like I'm like quite like asking, like, is that maybe a is that also maybe a possibility? Of like the, the passing is a quicker process for a passing is quicker for a trans woman, yeah. I will say. But at the same time, it, it's, it's harder for a trans man because we have to bind. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing that people look at when you look at someone is when you don't know their gender is, do they have oops? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or what's, you know, their pants, is there a bulge there? So for a trans woman, it's easier because, you know, we have a lot of flat-chested females mm-hmm. in our world. So if there's no bulge and they are tucking... They are wearing long hair. They have nails on. X, Y, and Z. They're wearing makeup. I can identify you. For us, it's harder where it's like, I have to bind. You know, sometimes my binder doesn't really cover up my top as much as I would like to. Or I have to wear a packer. But then the bulge, I'm very subconscious about all day. Hey, does it look right? Does it look natural? You know, and so... This is the honest question. Is that true or is that dysphoria? Because I think for uh, trans women, it's things like even below the surface of like jaw bones, like uh, foreheads, uh, Adam's apples. Like I think like the prop, because like just I know from the like um, the surgery aspect of like FFS, like mm-hmm. is a lot of female feminization surgery. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a it's a very it's a lot of surgeries all happening at one time where they're shaving jaws forehead their lowering hairlines there mm-hmm. it's doing a lot of things to make the, the eye think that this is what we think of as a woman mm-hmm. so, so that's why I'm, so I'm asking is it is that is that reality or is that dysphoria because it can be both it's um, and I'm, I'm gonna say it's both because the ideal of passing helps gender dysphoria mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where I'll go somewhere and jazz or like my my friends and my sister will say they just called you he right mm-hmm. without me having to say something and that takes that gender dysphoria away because mm-hmm. it's like okay my binder's working today and i'm packing correctly today because like also is that thing of like the, the boobs thing isn't a thing that i think of in a shirt only because like there are so many dudes with pecs but because i like hang up a bunch of like just like clouded buff instagram faggots who have like more titties than any woman i've ever met <laughs> 
But that's you because you have that knowledge. Yeah. For someone who doesn't have that knowledge, their first thing is that is a female. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen males be misgendered because of that. Yeah. And it's, it's that idolization of like, they have this characteristic and this characteristic, they're that gender. Mm-hmm. Not how they're presenting. You could present to me as, and it goes back to the tomboy dom thing, but you're just, you're a tomboy, mm-hmm. you're, you're a dom, you're a dyke. You're not... So Who even with I'm about to go around with a shirt that says I am he. Like <laughs> yeah, like I was gonna, I was thinking, is it rude to just go up to someone and ask what are your pronouns? It's it's it it depends. It sounds it's, it's like if, yeah. if that's your regular thing, I don't see a problem with it. My, uh, if you're picking people out, that's but, uh, a problem. Also, I just read this article by this author Erbo Sicardi, who um, the the title was literally "My Gender Is Mind Your Business." Mm. Because it's a, it's an issue of a lot of people are, are navigating that space and don't know how to answer that question. Mm-hmm. That's a good question to ask for people who know the answer, mm-hmm. but yeah. for a lot of people aren't in that because they're because that because like we're talking about transness a lot right now and a lot of the conversation is about like this whole month was about trans. But even when I'm saying we're talk, when we talk that we have the conversation about transness, we're talking about it usually in a binary. Mm-hmm. There are so many people, and I think so many more people would be in this space if we actually took the time to educate people but there's some people in between the lines or you even like trans woman and trans man yeah or even yeah. like the, the binary of man and women okay. like there, there's some people in between yeah. that space like not gender queer uh gender non-conforming people who are yeah. in bet- like somewhere in between the extremes of male and female or somewhere completely out of it like that's a good question to ask if they know or even care about the answer mm-hmm. I don't like for me I'm happy when someone comes and asks my gender mm-hmm. because in, from in my eyes it means you know you are very just curious and you don't want to disrespect me. Right. Mm-hmm. For someone who is not fully comfortable of who they are, don't are still navigating. Or that. even if they're comfortable, but like the answer is somewhere just like real amorphous. Like my gender today is he him. Could mm-hmm. it could be an answer. Yeah. Like, if, if I'm giving or feeling something different tomorrow, it could be different. That's mm-hmm. your it's right. also a safety you thing. That, that's your right. It's also a safety thing. There's so many black, and not even just black, trans women being killed. Yeah. A trans woman might feel different because if you come up to me saying, coming up coming up to them and saying, well, what's your, what do you want to be, what's your pronouns, right? They don't know how to respond because so many people are getting killed for being It's trans. also like a, because like I can hear that question as a trigger because you asking that question implies that you don't already know the answer. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you got to understand. Like, so am I not, does not, do I not look like Like, X so or y? why are you asking me yeah. that? Like, if you're asking, I say her, and you're like, no, you're not, and it, it escalates, yeah. I don't want to answer you. the intentions, yeah. The intentions behind the person. I feel like if that's somebody that's personal or in your space, on a regular, you can answer that. But if you don't know them from a can of paint and they're asking you that, what you need to know that Yeah, for? just like, I think the, like the, maybe my answer to that question is just default, use they until maybe they say something. Yeah, just say Or by their friends or maybe friends refer to it as something. Mm-hmm. Or like there are there are other ways to navigate that other than just to be like, so what's your pronouns? Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. There are okay. more tactful ways, I think, to maybe go about that. And yeah. I came across that, like, we went to a wedding and they were using, the pronouns they were using for me was they. And she slipped up once and said her. You did. And they said that. And it, she said <laughs> her out of the reference of a story, not misgendering me. Mm-hmm. Talking mm-hmm. about a past. Mm-hmm. So because they heard her, 
they started seeing her, mm-hmm. which had to bring up the conversation of I'm him, him, and mm-hmm. but because of that one story, like you said, you know, people pick up on stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So what if someone's coming from? not knowing anything but they they want to know more where where should they start by listening yeah yeah i think that's i think that's like probably the biggest they just eject themselves is that we don't have a we don't really have a problem with communicating we have a problem with listening Mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe entering those because uh, spaces. I was saying entering the spaces, but also like the spaces are safe spaces. Not yeah, knowing how to ask and having certain mannerisms when you enter the space. Like, I feel like just like, just like I feel like if you're in an LGBTQ space, it will be, it will behoove you to say pronouns. Like, what are your pronouns? You're I'm in not. the space, so we don't know. So. It's like you're not outside I, in the regular world no more. I kind of feel right. like I, I kind of feel like don't nobody owe you that though. Like I just feel like why do you, like out of respect, of course. But I mean, it's not about owing, but also you gotta um, really truly. Nobody owes you anything, so you gotta really search out your the um, answers to the question you're looking for. We trying to. Oh well, I've been in the community for a while now, but it was just till last year with Sunny that I even knew much about pronouns and trans men and trans women and that's come from someone who thought I thought I knew what I needed to know but our community is way more more in depth than I thought it was mm-hmm. and I'm still yeah I'm still learning and I had to learn that through Sunny but I had to be open to want to learn that because there are some people in our community that are not that open-minded to know every bit of what LGBTQIA stand for and stuff like that. Like, I didn't come out as trans publicly in, in college because the person I was dating at the time in college had transphobia. Mm. Right? So when I came out, they came to apologize to me about their own transphobia not listening to me. Mm-hmm. So for you, it's like you're asking how to step into that space and it's hard to answer from yeah. us because mm-hmm. we have people in our community that don't even know how to step into our space. But also there's like yeah. a... Because uh, I think the answer is going out and being open and like going engaging. into those places engaging. Mm-hmm. But also I'm like, well, those spaces are also sacred and important and safe to people. That's how I feel about it's white people trying to come into like black spaces. So. Exactly. It's like that's what it comes down to. Like just certain questions, certain things just... What are your intentions? That'll stop the whole conversation. Then they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be open. But it's, it's 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 showing as well. Like, showing and sharing. Like, right now with the pandemic and stuff, there's so much happening online. Mm-hmm. Like, every week I do, like, I started this thing called His Talks, where it's like, I'm talking to other trans men. Right? So it's, it's showing that support first before stepping into that space. Where is that on? Oh, it's on my Instagram. Okay. So it's like... I'll put it in the info. I have straight friends, or I have friends who are in the community who aren't trans, because in a way it is two different things, Yeah. that share what I am doing, that shows to me that you are supporting me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. So it's like, you, we have nonprofits that have spaces for allies, and it's like, start there. Start okay. in those allyship roles. Mm-hmm. 
before stepping right into a space. Damn, this man just said rewrite white fragility before queer people. (laughs) He's like, talk to other straight people who know more. I don't know. (laughs) No, no, I mean, but honestly, that really is it because it's, it's, they have been in the predicament that can keep you from something that's harmful to someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I also feel like it could just be something so small as like a like, share, comment, whatever. Like little shit like that is taking them so far because they are already pressured and pushed down enough in life. Like that little thing that you do for them or just, you know, handing out a business card or just doing this and that. Like whenever my friend, right. My sister speaks, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I say my sister speaks up for me so much when I'm not around. Like, Exactly. In her job, she came across one of her closest co-workers' boyfriends. That was a lot. But he was having, giving off homophobia and transphobia vibes. Exactly. And she had to go correct one of her closest friends or peers for to to her to the the person's boyfriend. So mm-hmm. it's like show it then. Like if you're out right. and you see someone giving off that negative energy, is correcting it then, not when. It's okay. not when you're an ally when when we're around, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. What are you doing when we're not it's around? It's integrity. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, when Watch nobody's it. watching you, what are you doing? How are you treating these people? And how do you feel about these people when they're not there? Just I will also say maybe the easiest say, uh, queer space to enter because I think it's a space that like has taught me the most, and I'm very thankful for. It's just like dance music uh going out being you'll you'll see a lot of people expressing themselves in a lot of ways in those spaces i think that's a open door and conversation for people i feel like i've learned more like in like the smoking area of like a nightclub than i have in any book literally like you just need to like hear people's like experiences and stories and really like prophets artists all types of stuff for real Mm -hmm. But that goes back to access mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Because a lot of people haven't been outside of their bubble. Like, they haven't been outside their town or their city. So, all they know is what they've been taught. And, Nigga, you know, we, we right outside of D.C. <laughs> the nation's capital. Come home. Everybody's but even then, you, home. if you're not anyway. trying to see that, you, you're going to, like, purposely, you know. Yeah, but I think that's the thing. is like, just that. going. Like, I didn't understand go-go music until, like, I went to, like, a go-go music like club or Baltimore house music like wasn't for me until like I went there and told people like who were there okay, and enjoying yeah, it. <laughs> like these it's are all it's, it's good <laughs> once you're there and you see people who were like into it. It's I feel like under you, you're not wrong but like under I think understanding <laughs> it like in your, your headphones understanding it watching on like YouTube like absolutely not. Right. But, but being like being there the, like in that like the, environment, yeah, environment like in the mix yes. You're like, okay, this makes a bit more sense. It still not may not be for me, but I can understand why these people might like this. Yeah, I got your own thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a community. That's what I love. Like, I feel like if we started to branch out and, and like not be so scared and worry about trying to find our tribe, we would find it and we would have so much Mm -hmm. more. Versus us being scared and being boxed in all our lives like we've been. Like we we spent enough time doing that. We gotta just go out here and just do whatever it is that we need to do. Like my biggest complaint like, about Tiana is that like she talks about like wanting 
people who are woke and smart and interested. And I'm like, these people are all out there. Like, we yeah. met each other and I'm cool as hell. But you gotta do stuff to attract. <laughs> but you gotta go out like, there. You gotta do right. things. You gotta yeah. experience life. And I think it's, like that's the thing that I feel like we all say we don't have time to do. But that's the easiest thing to do is go enjoy yourself. Enjoy you yourself publicly. You, you ain't got time for nothing. You gotta make time mm-hmm. all the time, literally. So what are you gonna make time? I think for? I'm I'm within the past like uh, three, four years or so. I'm just now learning how to uh, enjoy myself. How to like go out and interact with people. You know and that just came with learning who I am mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of trying to fit into who I think I should be. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I think this like pandemic has forced a lot of people to do that. Yeah. You're sitting in the house not doing... Sh- well, the first couple weeks, you know, you did a lot and cleaned up. You did this. Yeah. But after the actually realizing you're not going back outside for a year and a half you're sitting with your you're, problems you're, 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 you're forced to sit with your thoughts like for me like I Literally. love driving home with no music same at first I hated it because I had to sit with my thoughts and like it was just thinking right music distracts you now and I love it because I've learned to to like program that mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what's brought out of that now that the world's opening up I now that we've been forced, I have a question on that. Just I'm gonna go around the room. What what's the thing that you most you missed the most during the pandemic? Festivals. Missed? Yeah. Like what was the thing that you were Definitely like? I can't do this. That, baby. Festivals, right? Traveling, music, like, music. It was the traveling for me. Like, yeah. oh my god, I was depressed. I'm still depressed until my. So you're asking what we missed during the pandemic about like that you couldn't do. What's the thing that like you were oh, deprived of? Yeah, during the pandemic, you were like, this is what I missed experiences just going out experiencing new things like i hate i hate being in my house personally mm-hmm. like I did like you to have something in particular that you wanted to try or experience skydiving okay yes yeah, still mm-hmm. on my bucket list babe nope. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah you need yeah i want to do that i also i within quarantine still do we consider now still kind of i think COVID, like the quarantine? weird post we okay it. yeah i I just now got my passport, but I wish that I'd been got my passport because I always wanted to just experience like life outside of America because that's all I know, mm-hmm. honestly. But it's so much to the world. Like when I just go out and I meet people, that and, in itself is a conversation too because I think we're yeah. even this conversation is framed very in America, America centric. I think globalization is like the next big thing yeah. of like not of us understanding outside of ourselves, even outside of ourselves as Americans. Mm-hmm. Like shit. Mm-hmm. How about you? What you um, miss? I guess during the pandemic, if I had to choose, because I really didn't miss anything. Okay, it would be traveling. Like I traveled a lot. Um, I was I traveled by force and travel because I like to travel uh, a lot. So it was it would be traveling. But I just feel like that's so cliche because I liked and hated. I'm a, I'm a people person, right? But yeah. I I I learned to like being inside mm-hmm. in a way, which now I guess I'm spiraling out of. But if I say traveling, I'm spir- She'll say I'm spiraling because I'm always on the go. Yeah. But Me my on-the-go <laughs> is always for a purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same. Like, I don't necessarily like people, you but I love culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. I don't think I miss shit. Um, <laughs> I just, I be used to being by myself anyway. I'm just not a, yeah, I'm just not a people person. Um, mm-hmm. It's not even like a, like, 
I think I'm better than people or no shit like that. Even though I probably do in some type of narcissistic way. Um, <laughs> I just feel like I ain't really miss shit. Because I feel like I was still working. I was still doing like what I needed to do and shit to get, you know. And I wasn't really pressed to like... I really like didn't start going places until afterwards. <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't really start going uh, places till afterwards, like after the pandemic and shit. So now I guess I guess it, it told me a lot more about myself um, because I'm I'm the type of person where I don't stop a lot. Um, so it was the first time that I had to stop like and like sit for a long time because I've been working like and just doing shit to keep my mind occupied since I was like, you know, young. So it's like, that was the first time where I had to like, sit for a long time and just really like, figure shit out. And like, you had no choice but to do that. That's crazy. But those are the families that control, I'm sorry, this is like my conspiracy. (laughs) It's the family that controls the world, those top, the Rockefellers and all those Vanderbilts Mm -hmm. that control us. Their kids are stepping into you might want to cut this part out because they might come <coughs> and find us. Their kids are stepping into the roles of where their parents were. Their parents were, their grandparents exactly. have died off. Their parents were, that's so they're that's like, changing the world. It's like nepotism thing of like, of, um, I'm a co-sign that and say that people love to say that, well, all these old people who are ruling the world are, they're leaving yeah. and like, we're going to take over and like, it's going to be better because like, we know, I'm like, no, no their kids are going to take over who've been raised by them to think the same ways. But I disagree. So, do you? Only because, because, and I disagree like uh, this because. Gloria Vanderbilt is like the heir of the Vanderbilt fortune who. But she's not the one who are making the decisions. The yeah, one but Anderson Cooper is her son who's on uh, on CNN. Yeah, and he's but like they're, the not, one. they're not making the decisions. Well, we will never know. If they're public, mm-hmm. I feel like they're fraud. Okay. Because we're, we will that. never know who is really the, the, the ones in the family. They're so hidden. Right. And I say that I disagree with you on that because. So There's to... snippets that we have been seeing. It's a fight, mm-hmm. right? We were in a pandemic, which was supposed to be was which was the parents' uh, This is just my theory. Which was the parents' choice, right? But the kids made it better because they made us start thinking more about mental health and good eating and et cetera, et cetera, right? Okay. We were in the fight of trans youth in the school system, but the laws are now changing, and there's so much other you know uh, laws that are being changed by it. We were put in the space of home, um, homophobia and transphobia, but now we have shows and we have people that are in our community that are stars. And it's, it's a fight between the kids that we're seeing that they're blocking us to see unless you really sit and think of it that way. Do you think they're distractions? That's like my big thing They're They're, they're, dis- like they're distractions. All, these, all this yeah. progress that we have, it's usually like, it's heck of oh weird, like the, the dude who shot George Floyd who got 22 and a half years. I'm like, okay, but that doesn't change anything about anyone's situation or exactly. why this happened. Exactly, they do minor um, stuff. But you gotta think of it like this way, like, exactly. I don't want to say it, like, I apologize if I'm wrong, so I'm not gonna say it. There was a trial, and right as the verdict was being said, yeah. McKeon something had something had a, a mm-hmm. little a little a little girl got a black girl got got shot, mm-hmm. you know. So the kids were putting us, the parents were putting us on this trial, right? And the kids were like, "Don't let this trial dictate how you feel afterwards." I'm gonna because it's still going to happen. 
mm-hmm. at the same like it at the same time, that's same second. That's an interesting thought because I'm. That's true, but you have to you have to also say that black kids, black people get shot all the time. I'm gonna agree with you and say that that was reported on at the same time, which is probably a idea of media manipulation. But like, mm-hmm. we have to really. There's so much to focus on, to care about, to shed tears for. Um, no one can keep up. Mm-hmm. And also we're all exhausted by it. I think that might be the ultimate point. Yeah. Is that we keep spiraling around the point of no one has time to really See learn any of these things. Like, you don't have time to learn about food. You don't have time to learn about or operate within like queer space. Like no one has time to really like do the things that we all need to be doing mm-hmm. because we're all tired. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be ultimately what any of this framing, manipulation, uh, trauma building that we're all dealing with. But is that the distraction? Absolutely. So it's kind of like stepping out of that. Can you? I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I have. Have you? You can. Yeah, like I feel like I feel I honestly feel like I have because I like to now sit back and watch how the world's going to move. Right. Because if if we go back to elementary school and high school and all that, they taught us these families on a scale level. Sure. My mom is very like my family's very his- historic, so every mm-hmm. time we would go somewhere, you know, so we went to Rhode Island and the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts, their their castles are up there, right? And like you said, they show you what you they want you to see, right. but every time they show you something, there's always a truth under it, and I and I say that only because there's there's certain people in the world that are hidden for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. You would think... We don't know the names of, like, most billionaires. There are 1,000. Right. You would, you would think that descendants more, of, like, Harriet Tubman, uh-huh. you know, Frederick Douglass right. would be hidden. Right. Right? They're not. My mm-hmm. mom teaches Harriet Tubman's great-great-grandchildren. Right. So it's like... We know they have no say. They their family heritage did their part, right? They did their part before you know Harriet Tubman in um, heritage line. Before she she was who she was, mm-hmm. you know, she was protected at her her peak. Right. Her family was protected. Her family's not protected no more. Why? Because they did what they needed to do. No need to be. And so. The seven, the the van, we don't really know the van. Like you said, the their Vanderbilts on TV. We don't know their story. I mean, yeah, Lisa Vanderbilt, who's like the heir to the Vanderbilt fortune. But uh, for them to be public filter, she's like the Vanderbilt colleges in uh, Nashville. But her son is Anderson Cooper, who is the top like reporter on CNN. Right. So the only thing we see is like good and liberal. And we they're in the they're in the top space. They're in the top space because of their name. But it's, it's, it goes back to kings and queens. I mean, it, go, it goes back to them. Like, they're, who needs to be protected well, here's a fun, is protected. Here's a fun fact. This is from this is an academic idea. But um, the root word of politic is city building. So we still build cities today as we built castles in the 14th century with 
politicians, money makers, economic centers in the center, and like less desirable jobs, and it's usually more minority figures towards the outskirts because we're fundamentally afraid of war. So the way that you could see reflected within um, our capital, because that's the closest that we are to like a major city, um, or even Baltimore, where you have your the actual capital building, which is like government officials making laws directly outside of them, our judges directly outside of them, our financial institutions directly outside of them, our uh, what we'd call white collar jobs are things that run the world and then outside towards the outskirts are things like um blue collar careers mm -hmm. that's like a the queens and the kings and queens thing is a more apt uh example of what you're talking about i think you know of yeah we're all working against this system and behind the truth of everything we're told there isn't the actual truth and behind that truth is the actual truth there are there, there is no singular layer to anything that we mm -hmm. think that we know. Yeah. I think it's maybe the idea of taking in all that we can and making the opinions based on, you know, what we currently value. Because bringing it all back, I think the issue is none of us have empathy. And that's what, at the end of the day, um, it's all about doing for and moving towards love. Because without that, what else do we have? That's true. Because the world sucks. It's on fire. Unfortunately. We're all going to die. <laughs> now what? That's life. It's just life. We can't change it even if we want. That's <laughs> what's gonna happen. I hear you. <laughs> Dang, God is thinking over here. <laughs> God. I hear you. Thinking. But unconditional love is hard as fuck. Mm -hmm. I don't no, believe in unconditional love. Yes, you um, do. I don't. You love yourself unconditionally. I don't. Yes, you do. Because in your worst days, and the things that you've done, that you, because we all have them, the things where you know you hated yourself, where everything was bad, that you, because you fucked up, because we've all fucked up. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you were hard on yourself then, but look at today. You love yourself. That's unconditional. Love is a bottomless well. I don't know. I, I Maybe in a sense of self. But with other people, I don't think it's... You I haven't met... You haven't put your... You haven't been in a situation where you were forced to love unconditionally. But what it, Okay, so what do, you, what do you label as unconditional? You can be labeled as so many things. Right. Honestly. If we're speaking... No, are we speaking on a romantic, romantic love level or a friendship love level? Fam like, love can hold different... Meanings. Meanings and mm -hmm. values... But I think... So I have a degree in astrophysics, and there's this idea of the different levels of infinity. How there is an infinity between the numbers 1 and infinity. That's 1. There's also an infinity between the, the negative infinity and infinity, which is twice as big. But that's still infinity. There's a, also an infinity between the numbers 1 and 2, which is infinitesimally bigger than all of the above. So there's... When we when you process that in like into a space of love, you can see it as unconditional love might not ever be unconditional, but it still is ever expanding. I, my love is unconditional because I can love more today than I did yesterday. Love is like a refillable, bottomless well. It's a resource that we will never reach the end of. 
I think that's what unconditional love really means. And that's what I mean when I say that love, unconditional love is like a thing that you have for yourself and all the people, or you could have for the people around you. Okay. That sounds so grand. Yeah, okay. Well, you say <laughs> like I guess I think about it in the sense of like, you have your lines. You have to, like people can fuck you up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's like thinking more of like a physical. Yeah, because I I'm I'm in the space where I can be in a relationship with somebody and see it's not going somewhere or whatever, and still understand like I love you, but I have to love you from a distance. So I have to let you go and grow over where you are. So you know you can do you. That's but that's my love for you is watching you grow from over there. <laughs> so I can understand love in that sense. Yeah, Tiana but, knows it's about because of. Uh, I'm loud about it, but I'm I'm queer to the point that I don't really believe in like mo- like monogamy. Mm. So um, I'm still battling with the poly monogamy. I'm not poly either Somewhere because like I it feels um, also restrictive to me. Yeah. I just want to love everyone as much as I love myself. In that I know that I am a very particular kind of experience. But I don't want to deny someone from having a different probably also like foundational and like life-changing experience because i'm claiming ownership over them yeah that's how but i think that in a way is how i see unconditional love is that i love you so much is that i don't want to own you yeah i love you so much is that i know that yeah. there is someone else out here that will affect you as much if not more than me and i want you to have that mm-hmm. okay and you're saying that yeah. then yeah we're on the same and when you say that, I still think like, wow, that's so selfless. But you would say that's selfish. That's selfish as hell. Because I'm <laughs> because when I was, when I say this to people, uh, being like, uh, I want to love you unconditionally for you to have all these experiences. I'm, I'm also saying because I'm also going to have these experiences. Right. It's it's me claiming that for myself and also mm-hmm. giving but it you to you. But you go have fun too. Like, so it is selfless, but it's selfish as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to reach that level of. I'm just happy here with myself. I'm just trying to vibe through life. I'm not. At this point, I'm living yeah. in the moment. It is what it is. How are you two feeling about the conversation? Anything else you want to say? I feel like we touched on a lot. A yeah. lot. More than I expected. Yeah, we touched on a lot. Mm-hmm. We got into it. Y'all got into it. It's very open. It's very opening. Even on, even for myself, very eye opening. I've learned things I gotta a go lot. research and <laughs> think about now. I know, seriously, I just learned a lot. And that's what life is about learning, mm-hmm. honestly. Because you're never gonna, you, no one ever knows everything. That's why I fucking you know? hate the word woke. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, you ate like the only. You were only awake the moment that you died, but that's the end of learning. When you stop learning is when, like, you stop moving forward. That's, like, isn't that what life is about? It's learning. Yeah. yeah. Shit like, out. growing, changing, evolving. Yeah. Like, I'm not woke because I don't know everything. I won't know everything. Mm-hmm. We all just I'm just, like, where I am today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thank you all for coming and talking about your experience, offering your time. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you for having us. Yes. I love you all so much. Thank you for letting me this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else have anything to say? Closing remarks. Just love everybody, man. Don't don't be worrying about who people are. Just love people, man. If they do something dirty, then 
handle that how you handle that. You know we what I'm saying? We are all but, uh, ignorant. Love, be love open first. To love first. Yep. No yeah, perfect. be open to learning. No one's perfect. Read a book. I gotta say it every episode. Read a book, nigga. Read a book. Let me get a book. <laughs> To read a book, babe. I'm not reading. I watch movies. That's the thing. I'm reading a book. I gotta get you to eat well and read. <laughs> drink water. Drink water. Why did I have to do too so much? Like, let me eat right, drink water, read. Be open minded. Yeah, I see why niggas just be like, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'll just be ignorant. It's the easiest route. <laughs> All right, y'all. Over All right, and y'all out. be bitch. Gang, gang, gang.